welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. Everything and here he is, Jerry. Jerry Springer, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Whoa. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't Are want we? to embarrass her, but what, what? Megan, what? I don't want to start off a show with tension, but like, you almost missed the announce. I did. I'm really sorry. Yeah, I mean, you know, this that's is the first time. I ever. mean, you usually are pretty professional. Well, no, not pretty. That's I like mean, on the youngish. list of you're, things you're very the professional. Kind of is, my job. I'm Jerry, sorry. Do you I'm think s- Ed McMahon ever missed saying, "Here's so. Johnny"? Well, but the thing is, but Ed the, McMahon did not have a cell phone, which Megan was obviously preoccupied with. Well, she's you're on got, your cell phone doing a podcast. I. You seem a little shaken today. I was, what happened? <laughs> Tell I me what's something going on. <laughs> you guys are so nosy, it's disgusting. Well, really? I didn't mean to push <laughs> you in, but tell what? Uncle Jerry okay. what's going on. So I what am you on, on my phone. I am finishing up a conversation that I'm having with a young man on an online dating site. I'm just wrapping up the conversation. So You are right now <laughs> while the podcast is going on an online dating. <laughs> yes. <service>. Online dating? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm just kind of chatting with him and yeah. I was finishing up and saying I've got somewhere Unbelievable. to go. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, but I had told you. It happened because I was talking. To, we're not talking anymore. The gentleman I had told oh, you this guys one about. That you met well, you online. were almost, you were close. As <laughs> far as I was close to being married. Very close. After what do you mean? They talked twice. <laughs> no, no, we no, talked no, like no. four times. We, four we have times. been seeing each other for a couple of months. But okay, yeah, so no, this was you were serious. talking like four oh. times a day. We were talking a lot. Yeah, yeah. we were talking wow. a whole lot. So and it had gone on for a couple of months. So that's over now. So I'm back on. <laughs> what do you mean it's over? What do you, you broke up with him? I did not break up with him. Wait a second. He sat you down and maybe put a glass of wine in front of you and him and had <laughs> and a long he conversation. Says, it's not and, you, it's me. He did not. He did not. And he did not. I always got it. I always you. He always said to me. No, mine is really, truly, it's you. It's not me. But no, no, let me, let me share with you and our listening audience. Um, what I got yesterday. Oh, wait a second, Megan. Months. Are you serious? You got, couple you got, months, couple months. Couple months. Yeah, I got a text message. You got a, you got. <laughs> he texts you? That's you how got you got a text? During break work up? hours. What? Oh, my. <laughs> At like 3.45, so you got to listen to this. Okay. So we're going to call You're him. actually going to read Let's call this? him Stanley. Right. Well, so as long as we don't identify him. Stanley. His name's Stanley. Stanley, okay. Hold on, before you read it. I swear to Are God. Are you assuming he's listening right now? I'm assuming Father? that he's not, so no. right. <laughs> okay. I would have to assume he is not listening right now, and if he is, Stanley, my bad. But yeah, you this here we go. <laughs> you brought it on himself. So here's what he wrote. Yes. Hello, Megan. I know it doesn't look like I'm really trying not to be a blank. Yeah, a blank. I was at the state fair when you called and in bed when you text. I will say, I just don't think this long distance thing is going to work out for me. I've enjoyed our talks and time together, but there's really... But it's just not there. This text is for sure the easy way out, but I don't want to hash things out. Whoa. Holy. Boom. Boom. <laughs> oh. And yeah. the horse you rode in on, <laughs> <Yeah>. buddy. <laughs> hey. So, so we took that. Yes. And we processed it last evening. And so <laughs> we, now. Yeah. With some wine. While you were at work. I got that while I was at work. Were you like talking with someone else and all of a sudden your phone goes on. So while the person's talking, you're looking at it. And you <laughs> One, are just 1,000%. Because oh, that, I had. Is that true? Here's really? the thing. I hadn't oh. heard from him in like four days. Like oh. nothing. Like total blackout. And, and so I had. So I was like kind of wondering what had gone on. What an SOB. When I, I mean, had texted no him the night before and said, just let me know you're okay, right? Yeah. Like, I haven't heard from you, broke communication yeah. habits. It was just like, clearly it's over. I just needed the, co- the nail in the coffin. Yeah. So I got that, and I was with the girl oh. that I just hired, and I'm training her. Oh, that <laughs> and is I look great. down, and I see his name, and I'm like, oh, this ain't going to be good. <laughs> this is well, not going to be a Megan, good thing. Given, and first of all, and Jerry, I know, joins me in this <laughs> oh, I'm not joining you <laughs> in that <laughs> yes, we are sorry for your loss. Well, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing. Okay. Then yeah. sorry. And, sorry. And we, you know, we're like your crazy uncle. So we, what you feel, we feel. I know that's true. Okay. But can, now, the good news is, which you people always say, the good news is you don't want to be with a guy no. like that. No. No, you don't. Imagine no, you don't. if it was years from now, you come home one day and there's a that's text right. saying, I'm there's gone. A, text, a post-it. Right. Imagine uh, that. Yeah, good luck with the kids. <laughs> Look at and here's the other good news. Thanks for painting that pretty picture for me, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really right. nice. <laughs> here's the other good news. Uh, I'm buying you, your chili tonight. Oh, <laughs> we're not. No, we're you not. You are. <laughs> yeah. I got last week. You he did. did. I did. did. Yeah. My week. Yeah, my week. week. <laughs> my week. Megan, 
Gene. You have our permission. Oh, good God. Through the course of this podcast episode tonight. Okay. To be on your dating service. Okay. Is it Bumble? Are you on Bumble now? I'm on it. Don't you worry about Bumble. what I'm on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You, yeah. Don't, you, you don't worry your pretty little head about what I'm doing, Gene Gallagher. Christian <laughs> Mingle. Okay. You're on but Christian you're Mingle. You're on Christian, Christian Mingle. Mingle. Yes, exactly. But here's the deal. Oh, farm girl. <laughs> yeah, farmers yeah, farm only. Girl. Not farm girl. <laughs> farmers only. Farmers, oh, farmers only. <laughs> That's no. it. Farm yeah. Girl's a different website, Chair. Yeah, aren't oh, that's you on? The one I go to. No, she's oh, on. Farmers Only. <laughs> yeah. She's on Right Wing House, I think. I, I, yeah. Isn't that one? Yeah. I Heart the Right Wing. <laughs> I yeah. heart singles. Here, here's the deal. I Heart the Right Wing. Feel comfortable okay. to be on it during the course of this episode. Okay. And get because it would be actually pretty cool if people started then to communicate with you as we're Boom. speaking right now. <laughs> so you're left swiping, right swiping. And, Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Can you keep us? If they start texting back and forth or messaging, uh huh. Read us a message or two. Yeah. Interrupt us. Hear, what do you like did you doing text for fun? Back since? I did. And I, what did I did you have say? a reply. Do you, you know, want me really and truly want me to say? You didn't. When the asked the question, "What do you do for fun?" It's like <laughs> not text. <laughs> not texting. Not texting. That's not. Do you really want to hear the reply? Well, sure. I think, I we think do. on behalf think of our do. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so I re- I started it with LOL. So that kind of set the tone. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> then laugh out loud. You know very well I deserve more than a text. Really a shame and extremely hurtful. But no worries, you won't hear from me anymore. Oh, yeah. good for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and put dot 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 and the horse you rode in. And the in horse on. you rode in on. <laughs> and, so. and Jerry. Uh, turning the attention over to you. Oh, we don't Yay, need to go there. Thank you. <laughs> so I watched your, you know, I watch your TV show once a year. <laughs> it's and, his Christmas treat. <laughs> oh, and I do that because I you think, the I, I re- well, Bonnie does sit down with me and, and she leaves pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. And uh, what I was fascinated with, the, the situation was wonderful, oh, yeah. wonderful and helpful. You help people. <laughs> I'm helping you help some people. people on that show. But the commercial is what got me. And Megan, I know you're I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're going to like this, though. Guess what the commercial was, Megan, on his television show, the Jerry Springer show, that crazy yeah. show. The commercial was for Life Alert. <gasps> That's the one where they say, I've, I've fallen, fallen and, and I can't, I can't get up. Get up. Yeah. <laughs> explain explain yeah. to us. Yeah. How is that your demographic? I know you don't sell the ads. What the hell? Are they doing putting those ads on your show? They think like the people at the Sunrise Senior Citizen Home are watching oh, your they show. They never miss it. Absolutely, <laughs> that the, is his demographic. What do you mean? That's the excitement. <laughs> yeah, I guess. no, but it's because when people are fighting and pulling their wigs, if they fall, you can hit that buzzer and someone will come and help you up. <laughs> yes, oh I my understand. God. That's really bad. <laughs> no, I I don't know. I, by the way, if the sponsor's listening, thank no, you very much. No, it's a good much. sponsor. <laughs> it's a wonderful sponsor. Well, no, no, no. It is thank good. You. I have a no, relative have who uses maybe that one or one like that. Yeah. yeah. It is a good product. And But here, here's the thing, is our demographic, it's interesting, the demographic, well, demo- it's either college kids or older people. Is that true? Because the rest well, of us are at work. At home. Yeah. <laughs> it's at 10 o'clock in the morning. Seriously? Yeah. I never, I never. Yeah. Knew we Gene's have never a lot had of... a job, so he doesn't know. Well, I know. Of course, <laughs> when our show first started, they weren't seniors. <laughs> no. <laughs> they were the college kids. We've been on for 26 years. You know, we could have had a college kid who was on social security now. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But you actually have a glut of listeners who are oh. senior citizens. Yeah, and yeah, your research shows that. Yeah, research shows that. Huh? I, I would say that. the common denominator, except for college kids, which is all income groups, but generally, if you had to find one common denominator, it tends to be income level. If you're the middle and below, that's where the bulk of our audience is. Huh. Okay. You know, wealthier people tend not to watch us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, but you know, and why why are we laughing? <laughs> yeah. I just but except I, the college statement. kids, or who often come from wealthy parents, you know, and they they watch, of course. Oh, I, it's I'll universal you. among young people. But beyond, after that, you know, you kind of move on. I I observed at the Democratic convention a a sea of people, a parade Actually, of people stopping you, stopping you, stopping you. You almost you could not, not almost. You could not go anywhere without, and we came up eventually, Megan, with strategies where we would <clears throat> just like blast through 
the convention hall or wherever yeah. as if uh, he was having a heart attack or something. Like, we can't stop for anything. It's the only way you could get through. And the people who kept grabbing at you, Give me, let me get a selfie, those were all people who went to college, I assume. So you, sure, yeah. when they're in college, everybody, not everybody, but yeah, it was I, universal, wasn't it, Megan? I didn't watch it. <laughs> I told you that. I've told you all of this. You didn't watch in college? Jerry, I still have never seen your show. I've that never. Can't, Meg, I, can't I have that told you this. I refuse to believe <laughs> that. I have told you, you this. You need an intervention. You're fired. No, that can't be. <laughs> I've told you Megan, that, that can't be. In the be. words of Donald Trump, you're fired. <laughs> Megan, that has it's to the be the only fixed. time I'll ever quote I, him. So I've seen clips of it on the internet. I know what it's all about. We've had this conversation. I, I have know, told I you multiple times. I've not watched your assignment for next week because now you obviously have time on your hands since that SOB dropped you with a text. You need to spend watch. an hour and watch Look, one episode and okay. come, and I want a, a I report yeah, on I'll the episode that. you saw what happened. I will do that with next week. I will come back Actually, with a report. That's a great idea. Yeah. Critique I'll the do show. I'll from an HR perspective. I'll come oh, from oh, an HR no, perspective. No, no, that's not necessary. <laughs> no, you you need to do at least what I do. I, I do it. Suck it up and you do it. Watch okay, an episode right. a year. One a year. You are <laughs> not sucking it up. <laughs> hey, how long are the episodes? Are they I'll half an hour? It's an hour. Are they really? That's long. I thought they were all like half hours. Huh? What are you talking about? You can't get that material done. You can't fit hours. it all in. You can't in. fit that story you, you arc. You've got to have the beginning and then the middle and then the end. The denouement. It has to be wrapped oh up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hey, you know, speaking of that, it makes me think of something. Because this might fit in. I am looking for two other drivers to help me set the Guinness Book of Records world record on the number of miles you can put on a rental car in one week with one of those rental car deals, unlimited mileage. And the new cat, there is no, I've looked into this, yeah. there is no category. And you can create a category if you come up with a good uh, achievement. And I think this is an important achievement. Rent a car. <laughs> I need two other drivers. Get a Lincoln Town car, long back seat. One driver's always sleeping. Other two drivers are up in the front, just kind of bullshitting around. And drive around America nonstop for seven straight days eat three meals a day at McDonald's, use the receipts as time stamps and verifications of that you did it where you were because they always have the address. And so I'm looking for two other good drivers to join me to set this world record. <laughs> they don't have a cholesterol go to your show. Say, can, <laughs> well, can, they will. Can we me. negotiate the McDonald's I think they part, can do the or? driving at <laughs> the <laughs> McDonald's <laughs> for a week. Subway or something? Throw a Subway in there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah come yeah, on. You're, you're going to need that subway. sponsor. Uh, help me, I've fallen and I can't <laughs> get up. My arteries are solid. <laughs> but the Jerry Springer show yeah. could be... Uh, well, you yeah. could get a sub for the week at yeah. the Jerry Springer show. Oh, you have uh, me get do Regis Philbin yeah. <laughs> out of the ca- Re- coffin, and maybe he <laughs> could go do it. But then, and we would go and just drive all over America. You want to see Devil's Tower? Let's drive by. That's in Wyoming. Boom, right over there. Go to the anywhere. So, Grand whatever Canyon. mileage you got would be the record because it doesn't exist. No yet. one's ever done it. So. And and just pile on the miles, and then because you want to be able to take this? the receipt back to. Hurts, and you know, because they always look at the mileage. You want it to be a double take, like, and they, they go back and look at the odometer again. Six thousand miles. Yeah, I figured you could do probably six to ten thousand miles. Well, it'd be but, three thousand so across the country. Well, actually, more because the roads are twenty-four good. and seven though, running on expressways the whole yeah. time, because that's how you get the most miles. Because you want to be able to set the record such that three college kids would have trouble beating it. So oh, well, you want to so, set it but, and hold it. Okay, so, but why? Oh, there's a question <laughs> I hadn't thought of. <laughs> I, Megan, are you serious? I'm sorry. You serious? Was that silly? What's Was that a silly point? question? So you think that when Sir Edmund Hillary looked up at, the, at you know, Mount Everest and, they, yes. and people said, why? You know the answer to that. Yeah. Because I can. Yeah, because it's there. Because it's there. And, no. and, so but so why do you need to drive? We already know that rental <laughs> cars are there. States. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so you guys well, all sound you very enthusiastic. Yeah. No, no I wish so you luck. Contact me at to... gene at jerryspringer.com. My schedule is very busy. <laughs> what? You get a GoPro and get your rental car. Guaranteed. If Boom. I do it, there'll be a GoPro. <laughs> oh, for sure. We'll be streaming the whole time. Live. Oh, right. We could cover We could do a podcast. I could do the whole thing on Facebook Live. Wow. Run it for Facebook Live has a 90 minute limit. 
shut it down, turn it back on, and it's constantly, we'd have to use your phone with your data because I can't afford that kind of data. <laughs> but we'd have to do that for like seven Just straight Just have them buy like a dozen days. of them. What about setting this the record? This doesn't appeal to you at all, Not Megan. even a little <laughs> tiny even. bit. This sounds like a punishment yeah, and amounts. Exactly. <laughs> for the, we could set the record for the longest mobile podcast. There we go. And now, it's only no, Gmail. Now, now, now that actually has commercial value. Oh, now value. you're interested? <laughs> yeah, because it has commercial value. <laughs> because it has commercial value. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would more likely hire a couple of course. people to fill in. I'll have you. my people drive for well, me. Well, you'd have Thomas, your driver, drive. Thomas was driving today. He says hello to hey, you. He was the right guy back who, at you, right, who drove us in Philadelphia. Yep. Hey, uh, I did want to ask you something, Jerry. And... Um, you know, I get Megan, you may feel the same way. I, <laughs> I get so annoyed with, well, I had dinner with Hillary and oh. there were only three people there and blah, blah, well, blah. There's always week? something. Well, I played with my niece. Oh, you know, I met Hillary Clinton. Yeah, you right. Know, something yeah. like that. So, oh, uh, like, yeah. I mean, it seems like there's always something always. happening. Yeah, I did because get another. Because you're so important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? You do have something, don't yeah. you? Yeah, no, I guess the guy that dumped you is more important. <laughs> it is. Hey, hold I'm on. so angry at him. <laughs> Megan, check your uh, check, check Bumble yeah. there or whatever you're on. <laughs> Christian Mingle or whatever. Yeah. Or farmer's daughter, or what? <laughs> no, uh, farm girl, farm, farmers <laughs> only, farmers only. Hey, wait a second! Before you tell what happened, yeah. what the hell is farmers only? Is it really? It's a real. Oh yeah, only? no, that's a real one. No, I've seen it. Yeah, you that. don't have to be lonely at farmersonly.com. You've heard yeah, the commercials. You're interested in meeting some rural. <laughs> but it's not. Guy. Is, is it really like mainly rural? Yeah, uh, for folks? farm. It's, yeah. yeah, city folks just don't get have it. You that's left, their catch have line. you left and write it on that one? Have you seen have the not. pictures? I have not signed up for FarmersOnly.com. Why don't you check it out while we're talking and see what they look like. Check it out and see what Farmers Only's got going. No, that's no, not really my demographic. So. No. <laughs> hey, Jerry, what happened? Something. Uh... Okay, so yeah, I get, um, and it reminds me of the story, which it doesn't relate to anything we've spoken about. But I did get an invitation I, uh, from this organization called the American Council of Young Political Leaders. And uh, it's their 50th anniversary, and they are honoring Senator Mitch McConnell from Kentucky. Kentucky, where mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. Right. He's the my reason, senator, Megan's senator. Yes. Senator. And the reason I got the invitation is I was part of that group back in 1979. Really? What that organization does is it picks a few young political leaders, and at the time I was young, I just finished being mayor of Cincinnati, and... They, the State Department invites you or puts you on a tour of some countries around the world because the whole purpose is that if you're in politics and successful at a young age, you may stay in it. You may be one of our leaders later on. So let's start getting educated. You don't want to grow up and be like Trump and not know anything about the world. You, you want to make sure that our political leaders have some knowledge of what's going on. So I was picked to go on this trip for 18 days. It was nine days in Syria, five in Jordan, and four in Israel. Wow. Mike and McConnell was, or Mitch McConnell was. Also on the trip. Now, remember, this, none of us were, quote, famous or, you know, we were young and in our own communities we were known. But on the trip with me was Mitch McConnell and John Ashcroft. No kidding. And a couple of other people who, honestly, I, I, I don't remember. McConnell was what at the time? He might have been a state rep. Hmm. No kidding. Guys. Yeah, I mean, he, was, yeah, he wasn't a, a, a high official yet. But they, someone in the State Department or whatever, they decided these are the people that, might, uh, that we want to send on the trip. So we go. Now, understand, this is 1979. No Americans are allowed to be in Syria. Uh, you know, they hate the, the government hates America, so you weren't allowed to be that. And what's more, I was the only Jewish person on the trip. The only relevance to that is that obviously Syria, with its, you know, war with Israel, didn't want any Jews there. Uh, but I didn't publicize the fact, you know, no one mentioned it. And so there we went. So we're in Syria. And Syria was then, at it's even worse condition now. But then it was a total police state. You go back, there, there are soldiers every place. And they're on the floor of your hotel. And when you leave your room, when you come back to your room, 
they don't even pretend that they weren't in it. But your suitcase is open. They, they go through all everything. They're looking at everything. Every room is bugged. We were told ahead of time. Don't just, you know, assume that every conversation you have is being listened to. Mm -hmm. And we were gonna, they were going to take us around Syria, meet with Syrian officials, et cetera. And this was a special program. One afternoon, I'm sitting in my room. There must have been some kind of a break. And the phone rings in my room. And I'm figuring, eh, I'm a pretty popular guy. But who knows me in Syria? Why is anyone calling me in Syria? So I pick up the phone. And it's a fellow who speaks English with an accent. And says he's with a PLO. And would like to meet with me and some other people in the group, one or two others, I don't remember exactly what the number was. Uh, and of course, I was scared to death because, you know, we know a lot more now about it, but back then, it sounded all scary. I should tell you that the PLO is technically 301 Palestinian organizations. The most powerful one at the time was... Uh, the Fatah party, which Arafat was head of, but it was 301 uh, Palestinian organizations. They wanted to meet with us to give a message to bring back to President Carter. Now, here's what's significant. We weren't there on an official capacity at all. We're basically local elected officials, nothing to do with the federal government. And so part of me is afraid and part of me thinks that this is maybe a joke, but then there's, you know, I'm a young buck. I'm thinking, oh, this is exciting, man. We're going to be involved in this. So I go next door, and I say, I just got this call, and of course they think I'm pulling their leg, the other guys. But then when they saw vomit coming down my uh, shirt, <laughs> they knew I was serious. <laughs> so, no, what I said to them, I Master said, look, I know you think I'm kidding. I got this call. Let's go down. The, the guy told us to meet down in the lobby in a half hour, and there'll be a car waiting for us. So I said, here's what we'll do. If you want to go, we'll go down into the lobby. If there's no car there, ah, the joke's over. So, you know, and then they realized I was being serious. There was nothing else to it. So a couple of us, a couple of the guys came with me, including uh, Mitch McConnell. And we go downstairs. Sure enough, there's a car there. We get in the car. Now, remember, this is 79. No one in the world had a cell phone. There was no communication. So basically, once we got in that car, there was no one in the world that knew where I was going. And somehow, and this is true because, you know, I'm afraid of everything, but somehow it, it wasn't that scary it, because it's in the real world. You're, you're just not thinking that. So you get in the car, and then the car drives, and then you start to get a little worried because obviously you're in Damascus. You don't know where you're going. So they take us into the, the car takes us into the middle of the town, which is the, they call it the souk, uh, the marketplace, with the, you know, the narrow little streets, et cetera. So a car can't go in there, so it lets you off at the edge, and you walk down these alleyways, and they bring you into this one, I don't even know what you call it, like a tent area, and they take us out the back, out the back door, and we go out and we get in another car. That, we didn't know why they were doing this, but it had significance, which I'll tell you about in a moment. We get in this other car, it drives us out of town, and we get to this, I think, four-story, nondescript-looking office building or apartment house. It just was, just looked like the communist world, gray and nothing. We go inside, and in the lobby there were... 70, 80 guys hanging around, not threatening us at all, but they all had their, their guns. You know, I wouldn't know. Was it an Uzi? I had no idea. But they're there smoking, just all chatting. They take us upstairs, and we meet this fellow named Khalid Faroum. He was the general counsel of the PLO uh, back then. The general counsel is like the head lawyer for the entire 301 organizations, you know, the bureaucratic leader. He was about 60-something years old, dressed immaculately in a Western suit. You know, he could be a banker. Uh, he spoke with a British accent. And he said, have a seat. And 
He then, the basic message he said was, if President Carter would come out in favor of Israel withdrawing to their pre-67 boundary lines, they would accept an invitation to peace talks in Geneva. And for those that don't follow that stuff, um, after the 1967 war, when Israel pushed back against the Arab countries that had attacked it, Israel got the Golan Heights, which had belonged to Syria. Israel got the West Bank, which had belonged to Jordan. Israel got um, uh, the Negev, which uh, belonged to Egypt. So, or was part of Egyptian territory at that time. So then with the 67 war, Israel got that. And so the Arab countries since, and the PLO since, have always wanted that back. The West Bank, uh, oh, Gaza, uh, and uh, the, the Golan Heights. So that's been the dispute. And Israel, you know, has been saying, no, we're not giving it back. We want you to say that Israel has a right to exist. But now this guy is saying the PLO would accept an invitation to peace talks in Geneva. So as we're leaving, I say, can we ask some questions? And I remember the other guys looking at me like, just stuff it, Springer. Just <laughs> for once in your life, don't be an a-hole. And by the way, Mitch McConnell, again, is with yeah. this group. But this was preceded your TV show, so you were known. Oh, yeah. This so, was so he was still we, we had never, we were, Neither of us knew each other. Anyway. You were a young mayor? Yeah. And he mayor. was, I must say, because I remember that. He was very smart, but also the total grown-up in the group. I believe I mean, that. we were all young, and he was that. like, he was born at 50 years yeah. of age. I mean, I, I, I honestly, and I don't mean that negatively. I'm not trying to make no. fun, but it, it was noticeable. If you interviewed any of the people that were there, he was the guy that did all his homework, yeah. you know, that never left. We were clowning around, making jokes, you know, kind of like newsroom humor. Uh, you're in a tough situation, so you're joking around and mm -hmm. saying inappropriate things, but he was always very proper. <laughs> Anyway, I said, can we ask questions? And they, they said, well, sure, go ahead. And I said, we'll take back any message you want, but how can you expect anybody to do business with you while you use terrorism as a political tool? Are you an idiot? Wow. <laughs> no. So wait. <laughs> so he said, well, he? he doesn't. Oh, the, the PLO guy. The, yeah, uh, Khalid Faroum, the general counsel. He says, he doesn't like the violence either. But he right. says, but you have to understand when people feel their land is being occupied, some of the people are going to get violent and, you know, do very harsh things. And I said, because a bomb had gone off a week earlier in Tel Aviv in a marketplace. And I said, excuse me, you consider Tel Aviv occupied? Because that has never been the case. You know, the issue is, is the West Bank occupied, is yep. Gaza. But Tel Aviv is part of Israel. And uh, so I said, you considered Tel Aviv um, occupied? And, and he got very stone-faced. You asked too many questions. <laughs> See? Oh, And that wow. is when McConnell, then they turned to me. And they, like, they wanted to kill me. Absolutely. Really? They didn't think it was funny then. I bet. And frankly, yeah. at that moment, I thought I should stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one now, rare nugget of one other thing. We're getting ready to leave. And I say, so let me see if we, and they, and they said, oh, shut up. I said, no, <laughs> let me see if I have it right. You want Israel to withdraw to its pre-67 boundary lines, and then you would accept an invitation to peace talks in Geneva. And he said, and this was a significant part, no, we're not saying Israel should withdraw to those boundary lines. We want President Carter to come out in favor of it. So I didn't understand at the moment what the difference was, and then we... We left. I wasn't going to ask any more questions. And we were talking among ourselves, what was the significance of that? And then it finally dawned on us. And by the way, when we got back to the States, we got off the plane and we immediately were shepherded to the State Department to be debriefed. By the way, no one ever told us ahead of time that this kind of a meeting would take place. So the side note is, this happens all the time. You know, when you're thinking about who's Hillary talking to, who all these people are talking to, 
they take private citizens, they're back channels, they're taking businessmen who don't know why they're there. They think they're there making a business deal and suddenly someone makes contact. There is so much communication going on among the countries and powers in the world and the powers within a country all the time. It's very sophisticated. It's way beyond the kind of amateurishness you see in political campaigns where you take a bumper sticker and say, she talked to them, he talked to her. Everyone's talking. It's going on all the time. The difference, why the PLO said, we're not saying Israel should withdraw to the pre-67 boundary lines. We're saying we want President Carter to come out in favor of it is because there has always been a difference between the PLO and all the other Arab countries. We, simplistically here, thousands of miles away, always put the entire Arab world into one pocket. The fear is from the PLO is that if Syria got back the Golan Heights and if uh, Jordan got back the West Bank and Egypt at the time got Gaza or whatever the, uh, uh, the Negev, then all the Arab countries would have back their land and they no longer would care about the PLO because the PLO is a nuisance for them as well because they have all the refugees on, in their land and problems. Jordan, for example, the PLO tried to assassinate the father of Hussein. Uh, so they, they don't have any love for each other. But if President Carter came out in favor of it, it wouldn't happen overnight, but at least they could start to negotiate. The PLO wanted to be the leverage for an agreement. They wanted to be part of any agreement so they get their land as well as Syria getting back what it wants. And so it was a fascinating education to someone like me who knew nothing about it really other than you know what I read in textbooks. So, but it, it's a reminder even when I listen to the political campaigns today about the sophistication, for example, that Hillary has in talking about these world leaders and the differences within these countries of the different sects within Islam and, you know, uh, what's the difference between the Sunnis and the Shiites and the Kurds and why Iraq isn't really a country but just a bunch of tribes and now Syria is falling apart. All of that sophistication, it makes you think, oh my gosh, imagine having someone like Trump who honestly, even if he was the nicest person in the world, knows nothing about this. How is he going to make good judgments about any of this? It's so complicated, et cetera. So, it's really interesting. Uh, and you are... This all started with you saying that you got an invitation of sort of a reunion of this group yes. that went yeah, there. 50th year, yeah. And and will that be, are you pretty sure, Senator Mitch McConnell? Do you have any idea whether he's he will? He's the one being honored. I mean, oh, so he's the, being oh. honored, on the program. So he yeah. will for sure be there. Yeah. Serious question. Have you had any, I, I'm picturing this, and I imagine it was, you know, this small group of people, and you get to know yeah. each other, and you're laughing, and yeah. you're having great conversations. Yeah. So have you seen him since that event back in the 70s or not? The only time I honestly is at the Cincinnati airport back when I was flying commercial with the little people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is before your show. Oh yeah. My yeah. God. Before, I, before Life Alert disgusting. started yeah, doing commercials with it. I like that other guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I, met, I saw him at the airport and he was very friendly. Very, he very knew good. who you were. and He knew who I was. Yeah. Yeah, because by then maybe I was doing the show. Yeah, by the time I saw him, I was doing the show. Okay. And which is a shunda, and I wonder it's if a he saw shunda. It's a shunda. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jewish but term. I don't know. Now that I tell this story, I honestly don't know whether he remembers, and why would he that I was part of that group? Well, the, I think I would remember when you're asking questions and well, made them the, all also, think that Michael Cole was doing that. Yeah. But I don't know if he put the guy he sees on television. Yeah. And because of my politics, I'm sure I he's aware he I'm a Democrat and all that. Right. But I don't know that he remembers that I was on that trip because there was nothing distinguishable about me in that trip. I was one of the guys. You know? Yeah, but he what? was too, it sounds like. Yeah. He, they, you were but I basically. really do remember him. And, you know, as again, I, if you would have asked me at the end of the trip, 
who was the real brains in that group, it, it was him. You know, was he real personable and, you know, joking around with God? No. It, you know, after hours, people didn't hang around with him. Yeah. But he, <laughs> but he was the guy that knew it, and he did. He, he was, you know, his whole life, this is what he yeah. wants to do. I'll give him credit for that. No, he's it's the he's same way I give Hillary credit is they have devoted their lives to public yeah. service. Very yep. dedicated. Hats Very off nice. to that. I mean, that clearly is. I don't like his views. I'm totally opposed to them. But there can be no question about the sincerity of his commitment to public service. Hey, by the way, when we were at the convention, uh, we ran into a lot of people, as I was mentioning before, and one of them, and what made me do this is uh, you authorized Megan to use her cell phone during <laughs> the episode. I now think episodes. <laughs> for, you know, the That's green it. Light from now on, on, I'm just going to be remote. I'll be on my phone. Yeah, and so I got on my phone. <laughs> Are you phone. getting any dates as this I is am. going on? Absolutely. Really? Can Absolutely. I I swear to God, one? yeah. Give me, read well, one. Well, let her read one. You're not going to yeah. read them. <laughs> No, I'll read it out loud. Yeah, I know you I'm the guy who said to the PLO guy. Yeah, I know. No, it's just said, what, what do you like to do? I said, I like to go find new restaurants, you know, live music, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I like theater. He said, well, two out of three in bed. We should probably get together and do that sometime this week. So There you go. So there he go. doesn't so, like live theater. doesn't like live theater. We can figure that's the two. The uh, gotta third. figure that. <laughs> yeah. You have yeah. to figure that, yeah. He probably likes to eat. Probably. People generally is, like is music. Where is he from? Do you know anything He's about him? He's from Cincinnati. I've oh. literally known this person for 17 minutes. So of those 17, <laughs> which was your finest minute? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yet, Jared. Yeah. I don't have a holistic pr picture of it yet, but I'll let you know if he if Is he, there a picture? Can he send well, a picture? Well, yeah, there's it's, it's a Let's see the picture. Side. No, 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 no. You well, can't show I, the picture. I can show, show, show him. I can show him. We're not going to yeah. show the picture. Look at the camera moving up on Facebook Live. Oh, oh, try to get this. Oh, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, while you were on that, and I didn't go on to a dating site because my wife happens Bonnie to be across might. the street teaching at a dance studio right across the street from where we are. Hi, but, Bonnie. Hey, but I did uh, go into my emails, and Jerry, do you know who, remember who Frank Luntz is? Right, yeah. He's a pretty important yeah, guy. He, he, Luntz Global Initiatives, I think, is his company. He's a political consultant, and his specialty is language words and he's he's a republican he's very conservative and he was very active in the bush campaigns and he finds frames they're called actually how to frame how to, how to frame a political issue in somebody and 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 make something that would not sound good he puts a word and he's He's masterful he at spins it. it. He's masterful. And he does and focus does groups, lots of focus groups yeah. with little dial things and measuring emotional reactions to issues, to presentation, et cetera. So you made a pitch to him just coming out of security. And uh, maybe it's just how I look, but they always have me, you know, they're searching me for like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And you just walk through. I got to tell you this, Megan. This is true. <laughs> Go through security with all of this these. This is at the convention. These like you know federal officers, and they go, Springer, how you doing? And whatever he's got, no, just come on through. Aww, yeah, I, I could have carried anything. Yeah, I could have been packing. <laughs> they had him, and I'd be like, they, well, I'm with yeah. him. No, no, you no, back yeah. up there. Hey, sir, hey, there's plaid up, shirt sir. guy over here. Yeah, yeah, you're not I to be know. trusted. Because you do look shady. I, Absolutely I do. I do. shady. But anyway, we came through that, and Frank Luntz was there, and he and Jerry know each other, and they were talking. And uh, I sent him an email as a producer of the podcast and said, would you come on the show? It'll probably going to be over the phone. And it's going to happen. Okay. He says, yeah, set it up. Set it right. up through my office. So I, we look forward to that. I think that's going to be interesting. Oh, I uh, think it could be real interesting, particularly with the, with the language and the code words that Trump has yeah. been using. Oh, I'd love to hear about so that. So we're yeah. going to get this yeah. set up, yeah. and he'll be a guest, and we look forward to that. Quick question, Jerry. Give a quick take on uh, the American swimming team oh. that got into oh. such trouble in Rio de Janeiro at the end of the Olympic Games, which, as we're recording this, was just last week. This episode will be into our archive as of next week, so it won't yeah. be uh, particularly stale. But give a quick take on, on that whole, I don't know, mess is maybe a good way to describe it. Well, obviously it was stupid what they did. and But... You can't just pass it off as a prank. He's in his 30s.
Yeah. You know, at some point, you're not a college kid anymore. And so this is, and what's his first name? On that, Ryan Lochte. Lochte. Ryan yeah. Lochte. Yeah, and yeah. he's a leader on that team. Come on now. Yeah. yeah. It, so so it, you had no sympathy either, no. Megan, as it was happening? No. You know, you never like to see someone get in trouble. And, you know, we've all, and I leave the pack on that, have had moments in our life that we say, <laughs> Do you want to go? What was I thinking? No, I didn't mean to yeah. go here, but since no. you brought do you no. want to go through <laughs> those not moments? Let's go there. Okay, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't not go there. there. We could go there, but we're on this side of the river now, so let's no. stay on this. Right well, on. See, I don't even get the joke, Megan. I don't know what he's talking about. And you're laughing. No. You weren't even born. But, I was yeah. I still yeah. know about it. But, so therefore, I give him space if he were in his 20s, because 20s worked for me. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah. But no, that it, it was terrible what he did, period. And it doesn't matter that you're a great athlete. You know, and maybe that's, you know, if you... If you're talking to your kids about lessons, and it's not just with this, it's with our sports heroes. Because you're great at sports, or you're a great actor, or you got a great album, you know, because you have a particular talent, that's, that's what you are. You have that particular talent, but that doesn't mean anything else. Yep. You know, kids that look to sports figures as their role models, wrong. You know, you it could be an athlete that's a that's a nice person, a good person, fine. But they're not defined. You know, your role models in the perfect world are mom and dad. That's where you look for your role models. You know, I loved Mickey Mantle and Yogi Berra, and they could have been great people, but you know, growing up as a kid, mom and dad were the role models. That's that's where you gotta look. And I think and we do the same thing. Certainly we do the same thing with politicians and whatever. It's like if somebody is good at is good at something, recognize that they are good at that, and you don't need to draw any other lessons from that. So I would say he's one world class swimmer. Is his economic life as he knew it over? Do you think? Because well, I know two companies have pulled well, out. Well, sure, by the way. Speedo. There's a price. Three up I think to it's three. Four now. That's uh, what Ralph were... Loren, I think. I, yeah, I forget. I read and others. Article. And okay. someone will hire him to do something, but it's. In terms of being a spokesperson, yeah, or an oh, endorser, it goes out the way. Well, look, look what happened to Tiger Woods. Yeah, you know, the, I mean, that's even a greater example because he was worldwide, yeah, and, and for years so it wasn't just like, yep. well, he had a great uh, two weeks at the Olympics, um, you know, and you know, he did what he did, and then all of a sudden, boom, the sponsors leave. The only thing I would say that I disagree with a little bit on that is that this was on the Olympic stage. You are representing your country. You're not just swimming for yourself. You're not just swimming for a title. You are there to represent yourself and your country. So for him to behave like such an arrogant little whatever is really, that's disheartening. And like I said, he's supposed to be a leader on this team. These are young kids up there, and that's, I, I think it's just all such a shame. And you do have to recognize, yeah, and you do have to recognize that in the Olympics, you are representing a nation. Right. You know, even if you're not going to be the role model for raising kids, you're still representing the country. So get your act together for the two weeks. Yep. Sounds good. All right, let's uh, bring forward Andrew Hibbard, Woo! who is a young folk singer from the tri-state region of Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. And uh, Andrew is going to uh, start us off with a song. And as he's uh, getting ready, let me mention a couple things about him. If you want to hear, after hearing him tonight, more of his music, you simply go to andrewhibbard.com. And uh, he just returned, actually, from a a 6,500-mile road trip. Now, see, that sounds good to me. I was talking about unlimited mileage, and that's that's he put up some so pretty good numbers. It, so he's got the stamina to do it. There's your driver, Gene. Uh, There's your partner. Too bad he's not maybe he's driver number two. Place. Yeah, right. <laughs> <clears throat> and by the way, that is true. Andrew is 20 years old, and that's why I referred to him. And he does write his own music. He's going to do a song or two uh, original tunes. 20 years. In that old. sense, he's disgusting. very much like uh, early uh, Dylan. And uh, or thank Donovan. you. Or, or Donovan, yeah. And thanks for joining us and start us off with a song, if you would. Thanks. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, this is the first one. It's um, I was watching Donald Trump things on TV, and I wrote this. It's called One Percenter. I am a one percenter. Hello, girls and boys 
I am a one percenter What you try to build I will destroy My children are all swell While you work and you slave And I make what you make In ten years and two days I'll wear all my jewelry That I'll take to my grave Cause I'm a one percenter And I'm one percent of Sinner, living in the land of the free I am a one percenter And you will never take my money from me A million is fine, a billion is mine A trillion and I still will not draw the line So get you a glass and just toast to my wine Cause I'm a one percenter And I'm one person of the world A meeting of friends has arisen While we all just grin ear to ear While a child is cold and out hungry Crying for us all to hear Wine glasses clank cause we are so proud That Wall Street and Walmart are still allowed We could never hear you though cause our music's too loud Cause I'm a one percenter and I'm one person of the world My children are all taught my values To value the heart-wrenching greed my children are all taught by their daddy And they want to be just like me They attend Harvard and Ivy League school Where honor and respect are only for fools Here's a drop while I swim in my pool Cause I'm a one percenter And I'm one person of the world Thank you. Thank you. you know, we were talking uh, before the podcast began, Andrew, about uh, Bob Dylan, and you're 20 years old, and yeah. you were telling me that you got out of high school, a place called Ross High School, which is in Ohio. Ross is in Ohio? Yeah. It's a pretty uh, close to Indiana border, right? About 45 minutes away from here. Okay. Uh, from the Cincinnati area. And uh, you went right at your music. It wasn't like I'll go to college for four years, or I'm going to go try this and go hit the road and... It was never something I really wanted to do. I never really tried. As far as college, you mean? Or? Yeah, it just wasn't for me. And, you know, if you think about this, uh, Woody Guthrie, Bob Dylan, that's their story. And you know a lot about Bob Dylan, and you weren't born when he was performing. When were you born? What year? Uh, 95. Yeah, so he was doing his stuff starting in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. There was just a collective groan across the yeah. audience. Yeah. My show was on the air for six years by then. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, it's been Jerry and I uh, appreciate it and hope that you never have seen the Jerry Springer show in your life, correct? I know. Uh, on that tour, I actually watched a few episodes of it. <laughs> God bless you. And see, you're a nice young man. I know. It was the one where... Uh, oh, we don't need yeah, to hear yeah, what yeah, 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 They're all the same anyway. <laughs> Hey, um, <laughs> and so people can follow you and you know youtube spotify yeah. and certainly at andrew hibbard h-i-b-b-a-r-d dot com do a second song for us would yeah. you this is the second one uh i was listening to a lot of velvet underground about a while ago and i kind of came up with this uh called waiting on my man the back alley, dry sand, reaching in my back pocket, got the money in my hand, well I'm just 
waiting on my man He never says no Cause I only got one place to go My man Right all the way home She says Really slick Make a stop daddy Cause you sound a little sick Well I'm just Waiting on my man Never say please cause he's got what I need, my man much Andrew Andrew Hibbard andrewhibbard.com and uh, we, we think we're catching you at the front end of what's going to be a really cool career would you do us a Thank favor you. and lead us in uh, good night Irene and let Jerry Springer uh, who is old, much older than you <laughs> yeah. and maybe he can you can school him on how to do this song but he'll take the second <laughs> okay you've been listening to tales I tunes and Tom Polary Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. I'll see you in my dreams. Sometimes I live in the country, and sometimes I live in town. Sometimes I take a great notion to jump in that river and drown. Irene, good night. Irene, good night. Good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. I'll see you in my dream. Thank you guys.